0: Welcome to the Whiskey, Jazz, and Leadership Podcast. Subscribe now so you don't miss a drop of straight talk you can't get anywhere else. We discuss the whiskeys to drink, music to listen to, and what it really takes to be an effective leader. I'm your host, Galen Bingham, the leadership strategist. Tonight's guest best selling author, award winning businesswoman, motivational and leadership speaker who requires only one name. Again. hey what you drink ah oh, that is that's fantastic i mean you you could have actually shown up for my conversation with michelle navarez who is really kind of my teacher around this emotional intelligence space because that's exactly what she says that's exactly what she says and you know, one of the things too that I want to get your your take on, because again, you're in my head a lot. You're in my head a lot. I'm sure you hear a lot of people say that, but you know, we get to hang out every week for our shared passion for the book Think and Grow Rich, and I get a little insight because I consider you part of my my mastermind as it pertains to uh, that show. But there's a quote that comes to mind when i think of you and this quote is from rory vaden and it says success is never owned it is only rented and the rent is due every day i see you working harder than anyone i have ever seen and you are already at the top of the game i, I-, I noticed that you didn't you didn't talk about your you know your hall of fame motivational speaking hall of fame induction but you're at the top of the game. But every week, I hear you talking about something that you're trying to learn, something that you're trying to get better at, something that you, you, you know, asking my advice on. You know, when we, you know, start talking about this podcast, and you're like, "Hey, look, I'm thinking about getting into my podcast a little bit, a little bit stronger." And, and where does this drive come to pay the rent every day when you could literally? Sit up in a castle somewhere and just sit off of sit back off of your own your old successes, but i don 't see that from you. why? Well, first off, it isn't over until it 's over.
1: I had uh, an amazing experience. There used to be a speaker His name was Alan Simberg, and he was one of the original eights of the founder of the National Speakers Association. and He lived in New York and I knew him, and I had uh, Created something called the Allen Simberg Award to give out to somebody from the New York chapter, and Alan came in. He was ninety-three. Took the train in, came, was on stage and spoke, and he was he was amazing. He was tired. He was exhausted. You know, you could. I mean, he was old. He was, he was old. He was old. He was old. <laughs> But I talked to him afterwards and I said, you know, how much I appreciated being there, but why? He said, I was given a gift. Mm. I was given a blessing and my job is to use it to the very end. My job is to, to be the best I can be to the very end. He said, but my job is also to learn. And so if I'm going to come around here, I'm going to be with all of you young speakers I'm learning something. I'm learning how to use these new microphones that were not existent when I was a young man. So so one is knowing that. The second person was my mom, who had been the highest-ranking Latino in the New York City Board of Education. She had fought her way up. She retired when she was 50, and she had a great pension. I mean, she was... she. We always laugh like, oh my God, she made more money in her retirement from her pension than being when she worked, right? She, she lived longer than she worked. But her point of view instilled in me, she said, never retire. Just what, what, There's just so much golf you could play. There's just so, much, so many card games you could play. So just you have to use your gifts to make a difference in the world. Now, I will tell you, and I'll tell the re- the listeners, because I don't think, well, you know the transformation, but the listeners don't know the transformation, because you're listening. Who I was, even in 2018, is not who I am today. What I've learned is, you know, so I went from my dark hair, I stopped dyeing my hair, I have my this new look. I've hired stylists. I dropped 65, 60 pounds, soon to be 65 pounds. I've up-leveled my way of showing up in the world. I've up-leveled my business plans. I just became a new new me. And so I'm not going anywhere. I just invested all this time, effort, <laughs> And to be, to become something that's pretty amazing and pretty incredible and pretty awesome, it's as though I've been able to be reborn. No, that's a wrong word. I've all, I've been able to. You and I think about thinking, grow, each a lot, and we know the power of affirmations. And we know the power of thinking of who do you want to be. Well, guess what? I'm being her, and I'm not going anywhere. I'm being her, and I'm showing up because my mission to be able to influence, impact, and inspire leaders. My mission to be able to ensure that women are seen and heard and certainly to have, you know, I have this motto, be bold, be brave, be seen, be heard, and be paid well. Well, let me tell you, I've got work to do. I've got work to do because there are a lot of magnificent people that are listening in your show that want to you know step it up let's get it up let's get it going I know without any shadow of a doubt I have been put on mission to work with those who are called to lead I call them Jedi's but like mm-hmm. you know they're like Jedi Jedi is called you know to find the force and fight off well for me those called to lead are there to step in step in that space be the person you're supposed to be show up as your positivity show up your words be courageous, be brave, be bold, be seen, be heard. That's what it's all about. Don't forget, you know, I get on this roll and you just cannot stop me. But if I'm looking at jazz and if I'm looking at whiskey and I'm looking at leadership and I'm looking at my own life is I've got work to do. So I'm gonna keep on, what is the new thing I need to do? What is it, how do I need to reach the leaders? So a lot of leaders A lot of leaders are leaving, right? So skilled people, they've got, we have what are they, what is it called now, Galen? The
0: great the great resignation. The
1: great resignation. Well, you know, there's a lot of people that were thinking I should retire, I should go, I should do, and now they're going. Well, guess what? That means we have a whole slew of new leaders filling spaces who have not who are being called to lead, but don't know how to look at themselves as leaders and don't mm. know how to lead others. And that's going to be a huge issue in our future.
0: Yeah. it's it, You know, I keep going back to this idea that leadership at its core is courage. The courage, the willingness to do what you believe is right because you believe it's right, even in the face of personal sacrifice, and when I share that, I, I've got uh, a couple of friends who have served in the military. And you, know, you might be surprised to know that I sit around with my friends and talk about leadership. <laughs> but when I talk about leadership from a corporate perspective, I think, there, I think there's some value to that conversation. And my mom would absolutely tell you that, I, that her son is brilliant. So there's lots of good stuff in that conversation. But boy, when I hear military leaders talk about leadership and what was weighing in the balance of those decisions that they had to make, I'm going to admit there's a whole lot more weight to that conversation than when, when I talk about uh, you know a corporate deal. And I know that you have a very, very special place in your heart for two things, because your brand is really, really strong. It's like women... Absolutely, and vets and military, they, they take like the other part. If there's like 33% left over for, from women, the vets in the military, they get the other 33%. But it's that clarity. Talk to me a little bit about what it's like to discuss leadership with people who have demonstrated the courage to do what they believe is right In the face of the ultimate personal sacrifice. Because it's one thing for me to say, you know, if I make this decision and it doesn't work out, you know, people could miss their bonus. (laughs) I mean, that's pretty significant, but that's not what the military, that's not what they're talking about. Talk to me about what that's like. So you, you have to know two things about me.
1: One is I have two children who are army officers. And both have been on mission. Both have been in the field. Both of them have also called their mother up for advice when they've been on mission out there. So just saying. The second thing that you have to know is my company was hired for three years to train 20,000 officers a year in leadership with cultural negotiation. And so I, I produce what's called leadership experiences with professional role players where leaders can practice their skills in an environment where they can practice and learn and fail and grow so that when they're out in the field or wherever they're at, they're not uh, compromised, right? So what we did with our leaders was we created something called a cultural negotiation. Once the war was ending and everything that was going down, our military has to be prepared for a lot of different experiences for instance it's so funny that I we're seeing this now because it was one of the trainings that we did was what happens when the military is called for civilian support so like now the medical workers are being called in to go into going to hospitals so military medical professionals are going into hospitals so here's a couple of things that are really interesting about that leadership. I think that one of the best things, I, I encourage companies always to hire uh, military vets because the training that they receive, the continual training on leadership is nonstop. Every week, all the time, they're going to a training, they're listening, they're being molded, they go through Counseling and coaching with their superiors, their superiors are getting coaching. You know when you move up rank, when you start seeing as senior petty chief in the Navy or you see a, a sergeant major in the army or you know these people, those are enlisted people who have gotten tremendous training and leadership. They know how to support, they know how to deliver, they know how to execute. On the side of the officers, the higher they go up, And rank the more leadership training, the more people training, the more information that they have to be able to go. And they all learn that it comes from within. They all learn. I mean, it is incessant, it is continuous, it's learning within. So when we did the training and we did the debriefs, it was about really questioning why did they do certain actions? What compelled them to do this? And if it's a safe environment, so we, we had we created villages of people who were not threatening to them. But because they were coming back from combat, they had to learn how to adjust themselves to a non-threatening environment. If they're going in a patrol, if they're going out and they're leading something, if they're going out to negotiating, how? because that negotiation is different. It's a non-threatening environment. How do you adjust? But at the same time, how do you maintain safety or your team? And that goes right back to corporate. The same thing is you are there. You negotiate, but how do you keep your team safe? So, for instance, how do you, if you know that your team, and I'll use an example that I'm just popping into my head, you're the leader of a team. The company is thinking about going virtual, maybe start bringing back. How are you making your voice heard knowing your team? If the productivity levels of your team have been high and you have team members who have been home working odd hours, but getting the job done. They've been doing working at nighttime when maybe they used to come in at nine to five, maybe whatever. They're getting the job done. Now you're asking them to come into the office. For two years, they've been productive. For two years, they've been getting the job done. For two years, you know that Mary has been a single mom and now has adjusted the life, has been able to get her job done, have the kids sit. And you notice that absenteeism for her is, has gone down because she's been able to take care of the kids. Her productivity has gone up. Do you notice it? Are you seeing it? Are you being aware? Do you really know what your people are doing? And so in that place, right, I always say then you are being seen. Are you being seen by your team? Do they see you? But now are you going to be heard? Will you sit at a table with your senior leaders and say, you know, that's not a big good, a great idea to bring people back. My team is productive like they've never been before. They're happier. They're skilled. They're capable. Are we bringing them back because you need to see them because you're uncomfortable or is it because it's really good for the company?
0: Wow. I love that. I mean, and, and, and those are the things that you have to think about. I mean, very seldom are decisions as simple as we make them out to be at times. And the seasoned leaders go through that kind of exercise. They do it pretty quickly, right? Especially if you're in the military, you you know, so there's some things weighing in the balance for you to make a quick decision, but you still have to go through that same type of diligence in order to consider, um, you know, what the right decision is. I, I heard you say something that I, I, I wanted to leverage a little more because you, you, you talked about how much training military leaders go through or around leadership and I just had this coaching session uh, yesterday and so and it got it got a little heated with some of the questions and the client was showing incredible vulnerability I mean she was just really just really leaning into the conversation so I I, I want to share this note that I sent to her and then get your impression, because I think it's it's speaking to where you are. And uh, I I wrote this morning, thank you for your vulnerability in yesterday's conversation. Uh, As I grow older, I become more convinced that life is not about lessons and the lessons that we learned since there is no final exam. It seems to be more about becoming. And I wonder who you are becoming on the other side of all of this deep work? I wonder. And so I just want to bring this back to what you were just saying, because you were, you were just talking about how they're not going through training to get the answer right. <laughs> they're going through this training to become a more intuitive leader, to become a more sensitive leader, to become a more observant leader. And I'm just really, I'm not surprised, but I'm really impressed to hear you talk about the process of turning kids, in a lot of instances, into seasoned leaders that can lead other men and other women uh, when it matters most.
1: Oh boy, I have to tell you something. The way I got started working with the military was uh, they wanted my my son decided that at 17 he wanted to join the National Guard. He was a junior in high school. I came from a, a family that that yeah that was not going to happen yeah that was so not going to happen and he you know he pressed me on it he wanted he wanted to join in, in his junior year so I was traveling all the time I was going into airports so I started doing every time I saw somebody with a military outfit on I said, "Can I buy you a beer? can I buy you dinner and I I just need to talk to you because I really wanted I didn't trust the recruiter at all. I wanted to hear what they had to say. And if you had, you know, veteran hat on, I was buying you dinner. I was buying you. So I interviewed probably about a thousand people. And what I learned was so different than what I heard. What I learned, and I won't go into it, is what made me agree and get David to agree that we would sign the papers for Kenneth. Now, Kenneth became a helicopter mechanic. That was his first foray into military. And I w- and through a series of incidents, I was hired to speak to the military about recruiting obnoxious parents, was my first speech. <laughs> and I said to them all, I said, here's one of the things that's fascinating that people don't understand about the military. My son is a trained helicopter mechanic, he's 18 years old. You all trust him to take out the bolts. From that helicopter, put it in the right spot, grease up or do whatever you do. You trust him to put the bolts back where they belong. And then you insanely get in the helicopter with him and you fly away. You trust him. Now, you have to understand coming from my perspective, this is my son. I know what his room looks like. (laughs) I know what it took for him to, you know, where's his homework? Where's his paper? Where did he put the sock? Where's the shoe? Did anybody see the this? The, any, I wouldn't get into the helicopter. <laughs> and they all laugh, right? But the truth of the matter is the training that they receive gives them process, repeatable processes that they can do that elevates who they are. The second thing that they, it did was one of his sergeants at that time, Kenneth was not going, you know, he graduated from high school barely and wasn't intending really on going to college. But one of his sergeants pulled him aside and said, you know, you are way too smart to be with us grunts. You know, things that none of us know. You need to go back to school. You need to get a degree and become an officer. And those guys and gals inspired him to go back to school to get his degree. I mean now and now he's and then to go become an officer, which he has, and now he's about to be promoted to a major, and he works so he does that. he's so he's a captain about to become a major, but he' also works full time for Bank of America as a senior vice as a vice president at Bank of America doing computer things. he's a, he's an ex computer whiz kid. so, What I mean to say with that is training matters. Practice matters. Leadership isn't like a magic wand that, oh, you're a leader. Now, all of us that are called to lead have raised our hands in various moments and have led. And everybody listening, you all know, I don't need to point it out to you, you all know how we failed miserably as leaders in our earlier careers, even sometimes in our later careers, we all have those conversations that were horrible. We've all been the, the 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 kind of leader that was on TV. You do it my way or I take the highway. You go there. We all have done that. We watched way too much TV not to do it. But what we've learned over time and as we've softened our edges and when we've faced our own demons, and we faced our own frailties, and we faced our own uh, fears, we get to be more compassionate, more endearing, more aware of who we are and who we can be. And can I just jump back to one thing that you had asked because it just popped into my mind, Galen, which was, you asked me about, what do I do to keep on improving? and And, and it made me mm. trigger... Something for me. Last night I attended another speaker's pitch, what he was doing, and I decided to sign up. And it was for beginner speakers. And some of the people reached out, Why would I sign up to be in the course? Because I got to remember. We get a little bit of pompous, arrogant, like we know the stuff, but we forgot the fundamentals. Mm. And it's in the fundamentals that you grow success.
0: Wow. I, 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 love, I love everything that you said. I'm, I'm sitting here just taking it all in. And one of the things that you said several times just in passing, but it has a whole lot of significance to it, is you said, for those of us who are called to lead, that's, that's just not a catchy phrase for you. That happens to be the title of, is that your most recent book?
1: That's my most recent book. It's my most recent. It's my definitely my most recent book. But it's gonna be you're gonna see a series of books ah, and information ah. coming out to it because I am passionate about if anything that I have found to offer over these decades is that great leaders are called to leader, lead. lead. Mm-hmm. Great leaders keep showing up and great leaders, you know, I, I have this mantra, be a gem, great engaged leaders manifest success. Great leaders suffer painfully. They suffer. They want, they don't want to lead. Can they just be a follower? Can they just not, not get it? I was thinking about Martin, so Martin Luther King day, right? Happened. And, You know, everybody sees the images of Martin Luther King. They see the images in the papers, this this iconic figure, this name. And I was thinking about, um, based on a conversation you and I had yesterday, I was thinking, you know, there are many moments, I know it because he's human, that he woke up in the morning and he said, I just, I'm not, not I am just not in the mood. I'm not in the mood to inspire anybody I'm not in the mood to talk you know what all I want to do is wear my pajamas around the house Mm
0: -hmm.
1: can I just be with my wife let's some watch some. let's say I love Lucy I guess that's who's on TV back then right Mm -hmm. I just want to watch that I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to take a phone call I don't I'm just not in the mood and I was really thinking about that Galen between you and I our conversation that we had I know that he felt that Mm -hmm because he's human. I know that was in his soul and in his heart because he's human, right? And I know what happened because it happens to you. It happens to me. It happens to anybody listening. If somebody makes a call and you're in your slippers and, and you're waving to your wife, no, no, I don't want to take the call. I don't want to take the call. No, no. you. And they just hand the phone to you. And then you put the Galen magic on, you know, I put the Pegine magic on, you put your Matt, George, Frank, who's ever listening magic on. And you just, and the moment they said, Hey, can we go over this? And you're like, broom, 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 you're in it. You're mm-hmm. back in the game. What I think the biggest challenge is what happens if somebody calls you, what happens if there's nobody knocking on your door saying, Hey Galen, mm-hmm. when you think about, so if we're talking about MLK, what happens for those moments? What would have happened if he had said, yeah, not today. I'm not in the mood. What would have happened if he hadn't created himself a sense of discipline that this is what I do? Mm. And I think that's the hardest part. The difference between the military and corporate, between military and corporate is – they've been instilled with this discipline. It's what I have to do from, I I love the talk about the Admiral about making their bed. It's discipline. They have to do it. It becomes ingrained. So it doesn't matter if you're not in the mood. You are disciplined to get the job done. And I think that's the harder part if you're in running your own business or if you're in corporate or if you're a, a, you know, you just want to be, home with the kids, you know, or that, that's, that's your choice. It's what's the discipline you're going to put in place for you to be the leader you're choosing to be.
0: I love you more than I did at the beginning of this conversation. Uh, But this is all I'm willing to share for free. (laughs) So uh, I'm going to pull you into, uh, I got to have you in the VIP room and we're going to continue this conversation because we've just barely talked about your speaking career, we've barely talked about your connections to um, running a business. Because this isn't just a speaking hobby; this is a speaking business. And you, like I said, you're, you're you're if you're not at the top of the game, you're near the top. You're you're close enough to see the top. If you're not at the top. So I want to bring that into the VIP room, but again, I just want to say how much I really, really appreciate not only having you on the show because that's that's the easy thing to thank you for. To thank you for, uh, I appreciate just having you in my circle of contacts. Um, just being able to see you on a weekly basis, sometimes twice a week, and just see someone else pushing to get better, uh, someone else who is constantly evolving. And as I said earlier, uh, I don't think that this this life thing is about lessons. And yeah, there are lessons for us to learn, but I think that this life thing is about becoming. And you have already become, but you're still in this process of becoming. So I I just want to thank you for modeling that for me.
1: Thank so, you. And I, and I have a goal. Can I share the quick goal? I'm moving myself from your contacts to getting the star next to my name to be in your favorites. All right. <laughs> so we all have that list.
0: Hey, well, you're in. You're in. We, 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 we teach the secret handshake uh, in about 30 minutes. So you're in. Well, hey, well, with that, uh, ra- raise, your, raise your, uh, your soft drink and uh, I'm gonna raise my 1792. And uh, just again, wanna just say thank you so much for everything that you not only mean to me, but everything that you mean to the millions of people who are inspired by your words, either written words, when you hit the stage, or just when you're having one-on-one conversations, you are an absolute gem. So I wanna thank you for that.
1: Love you so much. Cheers. Yes, sir.
0: Cheers. Hey, it's not too late. Hit that subscribe button so you're sure to catch the next episode. If you're really enjoying the vibe, leave us a review or become a VIP for guests and show exclusives. Cheers.